Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a treat. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, the weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. Ho, 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 and I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. And this week... Uh, we are bringing you a bag of presents, a, uh, a lot of movie reviews. A belated Christmas gift to all of the of the the cinema shakers out there. <laughs> we still need to we need to come up with a name for our fan base. If you if you can think of a name uh, for the cinema shakedown listeners, please write in and let us know. Shaker sounds it sounds too much like Quakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're calling the, our fans call like the, the Pilgrims. Yeah, the Pilgrims. <laughs> um, we are going to be talking about a whole shit ton of movies today. Two standalones we got for you, Licorice Pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson film, and the new Adam McKay film, Don't Look Up. I know we said last episode, I think we were going to do Sing 2 and Macbeth. Macbeth wasn't playing anywhere near us. That was kind of a miscalculation. And we decided and we, not to watch Sing we 2. We didn't want to see Sing 2. It was, it was busy. It was the holiday weekend. We are also going to be talking about The Matrix films, including the new re- newly released The Matrix Resurrections. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I completely forgot that The Matrix movies were on the docket. Yes. And we are going to be talking about the Kingsman films, including the newly released The, the King's, King's Man. Man. Um, before we get into holy shit, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'll, I'll, I'll keep shit brief. I, I only thing I really watched over uh, over the week was just a couple Christmas movies, Muppet Christmas Carol. I watched Die Hard again. Uh, you know, standard standard holiday fair stuff. What about you? How you doing? I'm I'm chilling. I'm nice. chilling. I uh, I have a couple things to mention, I guess. I I I finished Hawkeye. Yeah. That, that concluded. Mixed opinions. I was yeah. really enjoying it for like five episodes. I think the finale kind of drops the ball in a lot of different ways. That's fair. I fell off. Um, I don't even know if I finished the third episode, but like right around there. I um, for me, I'm I'm rocking with a three out of five for it. I just, it's okay. I just don't care about. I rewatched Spider Man. Still awesome. Yeah, still great. Still a four out of five. Yeah, Um, and that's that's it. Nice. Yeah, I'll I'll keep it brief. Let's get into some motherfucking uh, movie reviews here. Oh, also want to make this clear: this is not our uh, end of the year episode. That is coming later. We'll 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 mention it a little bit later when we're plugging stuff. But if you if you're looking for uh, for awards announcements, I know we have that poll up there. Don't. Don't look for them here. They're not here. Turn back now. You have been warned. <laughs> yeah, fucking... We are going to start with the new Paul Thomas Anderson film. Yes. Licorice Pizza. Yes. Acclaimed director. Yes. Has made nothing but bangers his whole career. Uh, astoundingly so, yes. Um, I have seen... I'm not super well-versed. I've seen a few of them. Yeah. Before this, I'd seen Boogie Nights and Punch Drunk Love. Mm-hmm. Both great films. Yeah. Um, and, and we very much enjoyed the trailer for this film. Mm-hmm. It looked like it was really capturing that 60s time period very well. Yeah. Coming of age. This movie's a banger. It's pretty, pretty fucking good. Um, yeah. I, I, I know I like to throw this fra- phrase around, but this, this, 
This movie is the epitome of being more of a vibe than a, than a film, really. It, In the best possible it, way. It, it attempts to capture more kind of the essence of, of a feeling and an emotion rather than telling, like, a compelling, like, narrative or, or all that. Kyle, you want to give us a, a plot rundown of Licorice Pizza? Yes, so so Licorice Pizza is set in the sixties. I think it's the seventies. It is set in the seventies. Is it? I don't know. It like, is set, I was, it I is wasn't set there. in the seventies. <laughs> I I'm just dumb. And it, and it, you are not dumb. And it follows this this fifteen year old child actor named Gary Valentine. Yes. Played by Cooper, Cooper Hoffman. Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid. And um, he basically starts a a friendship with. With a girl, Elena Kane, who is in her twenties and has no direction in her life. Yeah, they kind of they kind of form this camaraderie, and and it's just about uh, it's a coming of age story. Basically, like the best summer of these kids' lives. Yeah, essentially. Um, uh, uh, Gary is kind of like kind of like a hustler, like a schemer. He, he does like a lot of money making uh, enterprises, and then kind of kind of drags Alana along with him. On these uh, on the on these hijinks and, and whatnot, and it's basically about how they are kind of opposites, but they attract licorice, L- like pizza. licorice and pizza. This was a very sweet movie. I thought this movie was very cute. It's it. Ha- I had a smile on my face the whole time. It's it, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's very it's very funny. Yes, it's the very... ensemble does a great job. Uh, Cooper Hoffman and Elena and Elena Haim. Knock it out of the fucking park. Absolute uh, Star. superstars. Like I, I cannot wait to see what either of these two do next. It, I haven't heard any of Hames music, but uh, but I might check it out after this. Honestly, I, I, all of the Hames do a great job. I forgot her whole family's there. I had mentioned uh, this yesterday, but Paul Thomas Anderson, he's really an actor's director. Mm-hmm. He gets phenomenal performances out of people. Even the, even the 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 big actors that show up for just a scene yes, are a lot really of, funny. Lot of, a lot of cameos in this. Um, and you know, it, it's proven to already be a controversial film online. Yeah, a lot of discourse regarding the the age gap and, between the two leads. And the thing is, you know, I, they're. I'm not going to deny that there are problematic aspects or you could find them yeah, to this movie. but it's also like, I don't think the movie is telling you to ignore those aspects or like, or is is, is ignoring the aspects like itself. Like it's presenting the relationship in a very like matter of fact way. Like it's just two people who deeply care about each other. And there are like moments throughout the film where like, uh, there's the bit where they're lying on the waterbed and Cooper Hoffman is like... He's looking at her and he's like, do I go for it or, or whatever? And so it's it's kind of like, I don't know, it, it never it never crosses a line, I don't no, think. No, no, no. It never, it, no. Um, there's also some some jokes that, that have had people... Uh, <laughs> I just remembered exactly some, which some, one you're talking about. Some racial stereotype jokes. The thing about the jokes that makes them work for me is they're at the expense of the guy, the white guy. Yeah, like, and not you're, you're the... supposed to be laughing at how much of an idiot he is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but I understand. So, like, I understand some of the controversy with this sure. movie. That being said, I found it delightful. It uh, shot... That... It shot so damn it's, well. It's magic, you know? It's It, it captures yeah. such a... Such a sweet like ethereal fear feeling paul thomas anderson loves um using long takes to establish location yes so like he'll like follow a character in and then like pan around very the impressively whole like staged and blocked. blocked yeah um 
The soundtrack is a fucking banger and a half. Hit after fucking hit. It, it really is. And the, the Johnny Greenwood score also is really... This guy can't miss. <laughs> he Green. just refuses to miss. Just been knocking it out of the park all year. Uh, I think another standout is definitely Bradley Cooper. Yeah. In his, in his very, very brief time in the movie, he shows up as, as John Peters, who's like a, like a movie producer from back in the day, and he's absolutely just unhinged in the best possible way. He's he's deranged and, and delightful and very funny. Again, the movie is the movie's pretty pretty consistently hilarious. The dialogue's the, very snappy. Like the, the and... shenanigans they get into, like there there's a bunch of situations where like he's like towards the beginning of the movie, Gary gets involved like selling water beds and stuff and, and yeah. starts doing that. And and it's just something where it's very much a a positive aspect how they take these characters that have some very unlikable traits about them yeah. and make them very endearing and likable. I think that's I think that's a testament to just the sheer likability of the performers. Yeah. Like like Paul Thomas and, Anderson really knows how to pick them. Like like these 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 two kids that you can't help but fall in love with, you know. Yeah. Just absolutely magnetic. Magnetic. And their their chemistry is really good too. You, you used the term earlier. It's it's a magical movie. It really it feels is. Like movie this magic. is what cinema was made for. Uh Tom Waits and Sean Penn have, have really fun cameos. Um, uh Maya Rudolph's there for like a second. Yeah. It's just there's just it's so many fun like the the world that he establishes is so like dense and lived in, like all of these little characters. Benny Safty comes in like late late yeah. in the game. Uh, is like like a would be mayor like running for office and it's just like like all these like colorful characters and you know it's very it's very very interesting very it's very, very lived in it's world. very vignette style yes um, just kind of like dreamy and hazy kind of kind of going flowing from one thing to the next which which Paul Thomas Anderson's definitely no stranger uh, yeah no, he, he did um, Inherent Vice yes. which is the same way but that Boogie one's a Knights. lot more coked yes. out um, but. It just works so, so well. This dude knows how to make a movie, clearly. Yeah, this Paul Thomas Anderson guy, he's got a long career ahead of him. I, yeah, he's so good. It's such a... It's it, magical. It's it's one of those movies that, like, like I, I, I can gush about it, but it's like... There's, there's not much to it. say. You kind of yeah. just got to, like, go see it and experience it. It's it's a it's like a warm hug, you know? It just kind of it kind of brings you in, and, and you just... You, you vibe with it. You ride the wavelength. Don't... Let the controversy stop you from seeing this movie. No, I think I think despite any problematic aspects, it's it it makes up for them by just being like a very a very sweet, very funny, very heartfelt film. My only quibble with the movie is I just think that the middle act isn't quite as strong as the opening or closing of no. the of the film. Yes, that is correct. Um, it feel yeah, it just gets just the hair just a hair too I guess repetitive or like. I don't even know how to phrase it. It's just not quite as engaging. Yeah, the second act is not as... Uh, pretty much everything after Bradley Cooper leaves the movie, I think, isn't isn't quite as interesting as everything that comes before it. Yeah. Like, it, it hits a bit of a... It hits, it hits a bit of a slump, but... I don't know. It, it never it never lost me. No, it didn't lose me. Uh, this is an excellent movie. Yeah. I, I don't know I, how much more I have to say about it. It's just uh, awesome. Uh, it's a five. This is a really good fucking movie. It's a strong four and a half. I, I love this movie. Go out, Go out and see it if you can. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza. Not as much of a good time. Uh, we get to Don't Look Up. Uh, Adam McKay, hot off of Vice, getting 
quite a few Oscar noms. Vice is good. Vice, I, I've I, never seen Vice. I, I really like Vice. And, Vi- and fresh off the critical success of The Big Short. The Big Short, and before that, a, a long string of, of success in comedy films. Um, Don't Look Up revolves around Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Who is a... Uh, he's an, an astrologist. He's an astrologist. At Michigan State. And... Um, I'm, I'm forgetting the characters' names. I'm, I'm looking at the Randall Mindy. Randall Mindy, and I don't. One of I his can't co- I remember that. Uh, one of uh, one of his coworkers, Kate DiBiaschi, played by Jennifer Lawrence, yes. sees a a comet one night, and after they do the calculations, they realize that in six months this comet is going to hit the Earth and wipe out all life. It's like a five to ten kilometer comet. So then they go on a bit of a crusade to kind of warn uh, the people about about what's about the imminent disaster and they go to the government and they kind of turn them away and so it becomes kind of a, an us versus them sort of scenario about trying to get people to take this like impending disaster seriously. This one is going to be hard for me to discuss because it's like a tale of like nine halves. <laughs> um, the the dramatic elements of this movie, because this is a drama, the dramatic elements are okay. Sure, no, they're all right. Leonardo DiCaprio gives a, an excellent performance. Yeah, I mean, he's awesome. Dude's and good as all. He has a freak out half about halfway through this movie. That's easily the highlight. Very, of the very movie. like uh, what's that movie? Network. Network. Network, yeah, yeah. He gives a very network monologue at one point. It almost felt Aaron Sorkin-esque. Uh, he is good in this. He is good despite the movie. And Jennifer Lawrence is very likable as well. Sure. She proves she's good at a comedy. comedy I, the, the act, the performances are not what's wrong. Well. We'll get to that Forgot one. about. <sighs> it, the problem that drags this movie down is the fucking comedy. It's yeah. not funny. Yeah. It's not a funny movie. I, I remember a time when Adam McKay could just make a comedy that was like had like political yeah. like like uh Talladega Nights is a surprisingly like like dense satire like again about like the Bush era of the time and everything's and like to a lesser extent Step Brothers and everything. Right. So it's like I don't know, there was a there was a time when he could have his cake and eat it too, but I feel like by kind of shifting gears into a more like overt kind of kind of satire and it's 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 a movie that's like desperate to like grab you by the collar and shake you and it's it's you, you in, men- in the worst possible you way you mentioned this before it felt like adam mckay trying to mesh his his comedy films with his more serious like big short drama yes. and, and it, it just do- doesn't work it's like it's like a fucking this movie gets worse it's like oil and water yeah there's like never just, there's never any cohesion it never comes together in any kind of meaningful and way and there's so many characters and plots that, and that, themes that just end up meaning nothing meaning nothing and and it's not like i don't get what he's trying to say he's clearly frustrated about the response to global warming i, I think the reason and, i'm not as harsh on this movie as other people is because i think its heart is in the right place like i i, I think in a way yeah the intention it just kind of feels out of touch is, is yes it feels like he's going about this completely the wrong way which is a very interesting metaphor for like the, the care that's that's literally the premise of the movie is the characters trying to like get this message out but they they can't get through the 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 it keeps getting lost in translation and everything that's exactly what's happened here the one comedic character that worked for me it's was Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet shows up like 80 minutes into the movie he's pretty funny he's got <sighs> let's, some let's talk about the length real quick two and a half hours that is that's bold 
The fucking balls on Adam McKay to the things we want. We want to sit there a half hour for, off. Oh, just uh, like in this movie goes out of its way to just be so obtuse and like overlong and stretched out. No, like, let's talk about the real downfall of this movie. The fucking editing. Yeah. The editing yeah. in this movie. Abysmal. And, and, and it's not like it's not purposeful. I think this is what they wanted it to be like. When you do a story like Vice or The Big Short, that kind of like cutaway editing kind of works because the stories are very like they're very like specific character characterized stories yeah. that kind of have this energy and this snappiness to them. So that kind of that kind of abrupt jarring editing like works for those stories. Mm-hmm. With this story being so broad and so uh, so like muddy already to like take the time to like cut away to these sequences of like stock footage of animals and stuff. It just and, it, it, it serves to make the whole thing more confusing. And he loves doing a thing. He does it 150 times for the movie where he cuts off like a line of dialogue before it's over. There'll be like freeze frames and shit in the middle of scenes. It's just it's it's awful and I don't know what it's trying to convey. I know he's trying to convey something. I just don't know what it is. The, that's what it's about the whole movie. It feels like it's giving you a lot of information, but to what end? What is he? Why is he giving you the information? This movie is the ex- is the equivalent of a toddler coming up to you at a family reunion and going, "You know when you when you went and then you went and you know when like that's exact like he just can't quite like get out what he just can't spit it out. Say what you need to say and get and leave. Fucking. There's one good comedic gag that's like a recurring gag throughout that was kind of funny about chips. Oh, yeah. The snacks, that was kind of funny. Um, most of the actors are completely wasted in this. Meryl Streep is a non-presence. Jonah, Jonah Hill's Hill sucks. annoying. Uh, Let's talk about the real worst actor in this movie. Holy shit. I don't know who needs to get fired for whatever happened to Mark Rylance, but the, the, the downfall of this man is, is, is astounding to witness. To, this to, is one of the worst performances I've seen all year. I thought Jared Leto in House of Gucci was going to be the most hilariously misguided performance of the year. And here comes Mark Rylance sweeping in with his dumb Winnie the Pooh, Steve Jobs mashup. That it, it, it needs to be stopped, whatever it is. But here's the thing. Here's the separation. Jared Leto's performance was actually funny. Mark Rylance, I wanted to die. That's every, every time, time he, he came, every time he came on screen, it was like nails on a chalkboard. He's just I, a, he's I genuinely annoying. think this might be my least favorite performance of the year. I, I it is it, it, it is it awful. might be the recency biased, but I think I'm inclined to agree. It's, it's right up there with Ben Platt. It and screeches fucking, the yeah. movie to a halt every time he shows up. I remember the very first scene he came in. We were both flabbergasted at, at what was being presented to us. I, I don't know whose choice it was to make the character like that. Terrible. Man. Terrible decision. Someone should be fired for this. I do really like the opening and closing credits. I think those are both very unique. Yeah, the closing fun. in particular are, are very fun. There's the, the, the after credits scene where they escape the planet. Uh, spoilers, I guess, for yeah. Don't Look Up. The comet hits and blows up the planet. Which, thank God, I couldn't wait for that to happen. And, and like... Some of the rich people had a spaceship and got off like Meryl Streep and Mark Rylance. And they get eaten by alien raptors. Yeah. It's, it's funny, I guess. It's a, it's, it's a satire of something, I think. I understand why people are hating this movie more than me. Oh, I get but, it. Yeah. But I just wasn't as offended by it. I, I think... was offended by the length. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, 
it's just it it's not interesting enough to support that no, it's, it's it's not it's not it's not saying anything and even if it was it's not saying it in an interesting or compelling enough way to really be worthwhile. Like, there's so many movies that have tackled the issue of, like, global warming. Yeah. Better than this. Watch First Reformed. Yeah, honestly. Um, like, if you're if you're looking for a, for an environmental movie, there's there's yeah, a lot better. A lot, lot better. Fucking watch Avatar if, instead if you're of looking this. For a, if you're looking for... <laughs> Avatar is a more subtle and nuanced commentary on environmental damage than Don't Look if Up. If you're looking for a commentary, watch something else. If you're looking for a satire, there's other... If you're looking for a comedy, watch fucking something else. You know, I think it's really, really carried by some of the lead performances without them. This, this thing completely like, falls apart, but but the fact that Leo is as good as he is and Jennifer Lawrence yeah. are is good, it, it kind of helps the thing barely chug across to the finish line. This is very misguided movie, I think. Very misguided, a lot of poor choices across the board. But again, I I, I get the intention, and I agree with the movie's message. Right, but that doesn't make but it it's, a good movie. It's so no, but it, but it's like it's just told in such an obnoxious way. Yeah, fucking two and a half out of five. This is a, a, a generous two and a half. Is that this for me? Mid as fuck. Um. Okay. Now we get the franchise. Yes. The Matrix. I'm gonna start calling you the franchise. The franchise. Yeah, Kyle. The franchise. Craig Baum. It's a pretty cool nickname. Yeah. 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 There's worse right. nicknames. The Matrix. The Matrix, um, we can start with the original, the 1999. No, let's start with Revelations. So, okay. Neo at this point. <laughs> Revelations? That is not even the title of one yeah, of them. Fucking... Um, so, The Matrix 1999, a insane cultural watermark. Um, it revolutionized. Sci-fi storytelling, action films, action films, the way, the way movies, blockbusters. It's, it's. I mean, it's the Matrix. It's the Matrix. Yeah. You want to give a plot rundown? Sure. So the movie concerns Thomas Anderson, who is uh, like uh, by day he's like a timid office worker, and by night he's kind of a, a hacker type. Uh, you know, it was like cool late '90s hacking. Like I've been. And all that. Uh, and one day he is contacted by uh, a man named Morpheus, who uh, Thomas has been looking for, kind of, who uh, reveals to him that the world around him may not be what it seems. Uh, and ob- obviously, you know, uh, eventually they meet up and it's revealed to uh, Thomas that his real name being Neo that he is in a in a mental prison of sorts. All of humanity is is in this mental prison uh, that has been built by a race of sentient machines that have taken over the real world after like a big Skynet war uh, that happened. Yep. And so the rest of the movie essentially concerns Neo uh, escaping from this this prison. The the the, the main being the Matrix. The that's what the Matrix is. And kind of him learning about uh, what 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 human beings can do inside the matrix. Like if you if you download the right data and kind of you know you know you can do kung fu and shit. And, yep. And fly and, and jump around and stuff. And and all this is due to the fact that Morpheus believes a prophecy that Neo is the one, the one who will bring an end to the war with the machines. Yep. 
And that's basically the first movie in that a nutshell. The, like, spoilers for the first three Matrix films. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll give a spoiler free for the new one, but spoilers for the first three Matrix. Um, it's a classic for uh, a the reason. The first one's a near-perfect movie. It's really fun. There's literally good. only two bad things about it. Some of the visual effects are dated. And some of the dialogue's kind of cheesy. That's it. Other than that, and other than pretty that, much fires on all cylinders. All the performances across the board are iconic. Uh, Incredible Keanu, action sequence. Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. is, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss. I really think the standouts in this whole franchise, though, are uh, Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus, who is like the, he's very ice cold and like stoic, but in a very like deeply poetic kind of way. You know what I mean? And then uh, Hugo Weaving as the villain, Agent Smith, who the agents in this movie are kind of like the Matrix's defense system, mm-hmm. kind of go around correcting uh, glitches in the Matrix and all that, and they hunt the the humans who can kind of jack themselves into the Matrix. Yep. So in the real world, uh, everything's been kind of nuked and fried, and so the, the people spend their time on the ship, the Nebuchadnezzar, uh, where they kind of form the camaraderie with the crew and everything. There's there's Tank and Dozer and the rest. Yep. <laughs> yep. Most of them Mouse. Die. Yeah, most of them die, so. Um, but it's just it's just this really great movie, you know. It, it goes through a very normal structure where there's, like, the training montage yeah. and then, you know. You, you just, you get wrapped up in Neo and kind of the will... It's almost a will-they-won't-they they situation, but instead of a relationship, it's whether or not this character is Jesus. Watch like, Because cause there's a lot yeah. of characters who kind of doubt whether or not he's the one. Like, it's never, like, an unquestioned thing. Like, everyone's kind of like, is he the one? And there's kind of... Oh, I totally forgot about uh, Cypher. Yeah. Uh, he's a very fun character who kind of kind of pulls a betrayal two-thirds of the way through. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know. No hair. Yeah. <laughs> bald, look at ass. Bald, bald. You should have seen the look on my face when he showed up in The Sopranos, that actor. Yeah, Joe, he's a good jo- actor. Joey Pants. Yeah, yeah he's, he's very a, good. He's a good actor. Um, that, man, that scene, though, when he stops the bullets... And then he sees the code of the Matrix for yes. the first time, flies into Agent Smith, blows him up, and then like the world like rumbles around and him. The, and then the other agents just leave. So they good. look at each other and they're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to deal with that There's right so now. There's so many practical effects. Yes. So he's very good incredible. looking. Shot by Bill Pope. Mm-hmm. Absolute legend. Um, yeah, just the staging of the action is, is very cool. The use of martial arts, like... Clearly, this is very inspired by like anime and old kung fu very movies much. from back in the day. Like this is the live action anime film, not based on there, an anime. There's there's a, a lot of attention to detail put into making the action ridiculous, but still like impactful and believable. Like, yes, like it's still like like they're throwing people through. Uh, that the one fight that's particularly brutal is the when Morpheus fights Agent Smith. When they pull, pull them out of the... When they're in the wall. Yes. And they're just beating the fucking snot out of each other. Also the one in the subway. Yes. Yes. Um, no, that fight's super cool. Also watching the movie under the lens of trans politics is pretty yes. cool too. Yes. Uh, obviously, uh, since the time of this movie, uh, the Wachowski siblings have come out as trans and, and you know, are, are have transitioned and everything. And so the Matrix movies have kind of taken on... This new subtext, uh, this new lens of being a trans allegory, you know, kind of discovering your true self and breaking free from yeah. from society's chains and all that and kind of discovering who you are and all Agent, that. Agent Smith dead names Neo. 
It, he literally <laughs> does. Yes, he does. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, <coughs> it's just an awesome movie, man. It really is. It's just great. I can't. I mean, there's, there's. What, what, what really more? It's can one you of say the cool, It's one of the coolest movies ever made. Absolutely, it's it's a blast. If you haven't seen it yet, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Go watch the Matrix. It's on HBO Max. All of them are. Um, the sequels. Four and a half out of five for are the Matrix. Interesting though. Yes, four and a half out of five. The sequels are interesting though. Because as the story kind of goes on, yeah, it's it trades nuance for more like emotionality, like it kind of goes more for for like the themes and the thesis more. I like the first one seems concerned with with telling like a very like tight narrative and everything. You know what I mean? Like like the like, but in as it kind of goes on, as the story kind of gets simpler. Mm. And it kind of comes down to, you know, the machines versus man and everything. I think that's where it can lose people. Here's the thing about the Wachowskis in general, where I think it's the make it or break it for them. Mm -hmm. They're not subtle. No. And they love wearing their feelings, their emotions love love. on their heart. They are, they are very, yes. And they are unabashedly sentimental and corny. Yes. I appreciate that because I don't think there's enough of that in Hollywood in movies. I agree. Yes. Um, to an extent. So I just appreciate that they exist and that they are as heart heartfelt as they are. Mm -hmm. um, it's especially the new Matrix, which we'll get into, yes. which is straight up a love story. Yes. But um, yeah, these. Uh, the Matrix Reloaded is the first sequel. Uh, it, both sequels came out the same year, mm -hmm. just a few months apart, um, and they are the. It's the concluding duology. One thing I will say about the sequel Reloaded, yeah, is or it, it kind of speaks to one of the other issues I have with the original, and that I don't think the romance is too well developed in that first movie. It but, feels rushed in the first but movie. Once it kind of shifts into being like the focus. Mm -hmm. Of because the romance is kind of a subplot in the first movie, and then eventually it becomes obviously like the the main focus of the story. And I think I think as the sequels go on, the romance is improved considerably. We had never seen these sequels; we had only seen the original before yes. this. And I've seen I watched Reloaded by myself, and then I watched it with you. Yes, and then we. I watched... really like this movie a lot. I like it. I think it's good. I, I like how we get to see the city of Zion, mm -hmm. how it works. I like weird underground sci-fi cities. That being said, I think in both of these sequels, everything outside of the Matrix is infinitely less interesting. It's than not as good. Inside. It's not as good. Uh, not, not, it's not infinitely. The, it's, I, the not, third movie suffers more from I'm that. I'm not going to say I was bored or anything, but I, I will say Reloaded does kind of take a second to get going. Because they, they do spend a lot of time in Zion. It's a lot of talking, a lot of exposition, and a lot of dialogue. Which, again, it's it's not that it's not compelling or anything. I guess I, I it's 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 a lot of characters just kind of saying philosophy to one another. And if that's not really your your yeah. bag, like it, you know, right? It's it's, um, it's very 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 thought provoking. That being that. said, man, the action scenes are good. Yes, man, they're uh, good. I will. We can talk about uh, specifically the one action scene that stands out from this movie is the highway chase. Uh, but it's like the end of the second act, sort the of. The end of the second act basically has two different action sequences 
right back to back mm-hmm. to make this like 25 minute epic. First, there's the the chateau fight scene, yes. which is really cool. They're just pulling weapons, weapons off, off the, the wall, wall and murdering. <laughs> And then it immediately goes into this highway scene that's like segmented off into segments. Like you have Trinity on a motorcycle going the wrong way down the highway. You have Morpheus Morpheus fighting an agent on on top of a semi. With a samurai sword. Oh, they're being chased by vampires too. It's just... And they... You know, with the story, they built a fucking highway for this action scene. Insane. Remember when movies like built crazy ass sets like, remember when there were, were sets with stunts and all that and that's what makes like this the visual effects which are admittedly at times are dated sure. in these old ones work because it's always melded with practical yeah like that shot where the agent jumps onto the hood of the car and like mm-hmm. crushes it like he's obviously not there but yeah. it's a real car being the, fucking the only crushed moment that and the effects really literally kind of bother me in this movie is during that agent smith fight when when there's a like because it, I like that scene. It, no, no, that is a it's a good fight until that point. The problem is, is that what they do with CGI, they could have just done practically. I guess so. Like, like I, I don't know. I, for I, some reason, it doesn't bother me. In like, I see a it, missed opportunity for some really cool wild wire work. That's fair. And I'm like, I'm like, it, it's just it's a little jarring. It is jarring. It, it's just kind of like Whoa, it is like, jarring. It doesn't bother me. In because I'm watching it like you're a, like you're a Wachowski show. No, because I'm watching it like a live action anime anyway. So yeah, it's like, I what guess. the fuck is this? But then I want it live action, not animated. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think the action scenes are spectacular. I yes. think this one introduces a lot of very uh, fun side characters, like the Merovingian. Yes, and um, the ooh, architect. Ooh, Merovingian is kind of like. He's a, what's, what's his function in in the world? He's so he's a rogue program. Yeah, he kind he's, he kind of just hangs out in his weird freak club and his he, weird restaurant. He picks a French accent because to him that's the best language. He, uh, he hangs out with vampires who are like explained in canon as like their programs that have like lived past their their expiration and have g- kind of got, gone off the the reservation a bit. Yeah, um, and and then you have the architect. Um, basically the whole last act of this movie is Neo getting to the architect and he basically explains how the Matrix works, how it's, this is the fifth, sixth, fifth, fifth, fifth iteration of the Matrix. And basically it's been like a trial and error. Every time the humans would reject the prison, the first time they did it, it was like a perfect utopia world, but hum- humans kind of like crave conflict innately yeah. so that they couldn't do that. And so, so they, they created the one to basically break free from the cycle to kind of keep the Matrix healthy. Yes. So every once in a while it just reboots again as new. So that um, way it can keep, it can keep evolving. And, and, and Neo, he rejects it. He's he, the first one of the, of the cycles to, to reject it. Breaks the cycle, goes to save Trinity. Because that's the choice he's faced with. Yeah, that's uh, the choice he's faced with. If, yeah. And you get the most anime shot ever where he's flying and the background oh, fucking yeah, swirls his car. Shit. It's pretty cool. It's pretty, it's pretty um, sick. And he, sa- he literally saves Trinity by reaching into her through the code and restarting her heart. Because, uh, like you said, the Wachowski's not very subtle, but it's, it's pretty sweet. It's uh, pretty sweet. Agent Smith mm. is really cool in this movie. Uh, he, he comes back from being blown up and he's kind of... Uh, gained sentience almost he's become a rogue program because neo like infected him with his essence or whatever he's kind of gained this new like perspective at least on life and so he begins his machinations to kind of like he can like take over like the the other like projections of people in the matrix and so he's kind of begun this like 
hostile takeover of the Matrix. Hugo Weaving is so good in this movie. In in all of these. But spe- specifically, I think he might be even better in the sequels. He's like the one thing improved. Because he gets Honestly, more to do. He, well, he, as he gives he, these big epic monologues. He, he becomes... Uh, more like human as as he goes on and kind of gains more sentience like he becomes he, he, he like like in the sense that like he's like in the first movie he's very stoic and emotionless and cold but in, as it goes on like and he's becoming more human he's doing like big maniacal monologues and everything like we're just just relishing and being a little shit i love it i love it and then um he basically uh kills someone while they're in the matrix yes and takes over their body in the real world. Um, and that's kind of the cliffhanger we're left on He's for the second part. He's able to himself in the, in the crew. And, uh, and, and so where we leave this one is Zion's about to go to war with the machines and yes. Agent Smith is in the real world. Yes. Other, other minor characters are gearing up. There's like Niobe. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Captain Locke? Ca- Captain Locke, played by Harry Lennox. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I just think this is a really good movie, really cool movie. Yeah, really fun. It's, to it's, me. I, I don't think it's obviously not as good as the original. No, I think you're never gonna hit that level of like new again. I, I think, but yeah, I, and I, I think it carries the themes and, and the yeah. story forward pretty, pretty organically and everything. I just, I, I think my biggest issue is I just, I don't know if I find Neo or Trinity like that compelling of characters. So as the story becomes more about them. I, I find them like, compelling in their earnestness. They're see, they're compelling in the first one because it's it's we're kind of discovering this world along with Neo. But once he kind of like, I don't know, I, Neo loses me a bit once he can like mm. fly around and, yeah. and do the force push and everything like <sighs> as a character. And I I, under, I understand that that's more like a personal preference thing. Mm. I like, do really like Morpheus's arc in this movie, how he has to come to terms with the fact that the prophecy was bullshit. Yes. And that he was basically following a lie. Yeah. That's cool. That's where his character's left off, don't too. You, don't to, you hate it when that happens? It sucks. This movie's awesome to me. I, I'm giving it a four out of five. This is a three and a half um, out of five. Then we get to the third part. Third part. Uh, the Matrix Revolutions. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this movie... Is that it is incredibly fucking stupid. Yes, it is. From front to back. Yes, it is. But, that being said, it is still pretty thoroughly entertaining, I think. I like this movie. Yeah, it's good. It's the worst of the three, clearly. I think it's the worst Matrix movie. Spoilers for... I think I agree with that. Um, You know what this movie suffers from? Battle of the Five Army Syndrome. And obviously this is a lot better than that movie, but it's it's the sense of, like, we've been building to this conflict, and, like, they, they've gotten there, and there's not really a whole lot else to, like, do besides the battle now, so the movie is mostly the fight. And it's, co- and it's cool to see and everything, but it, it, it's just, I don't know, I, I feel like... I think this movie suffers from... So where we left off, we left off on this, you know, big cliffhanger. Yeah. But this movie doesn't act like that. Instead, there's like a lot of buildup to get back to the point we were at. You know, yeah. Like it starts off slow again, even though we were about we ready were, to we ramp were up. We were just ready to, to get into um, gear. So the pacing feels pretty off in this movie. Yes. 
But once it hits its stride, I think it's very good. Sure. Very the, fun. The, the fight with the machines is pretty cool with the mechs and everything. And Zion. It's one of the more, it's one of the more memorable, uh, like CGI fights from that era. It, it holds up pretty well. I think, I think that's a testament to like the designs cool for, mech for design, the machines yeah. and everything. Like the fact that they move kind of like as a swarm and everything, you don't really have to make out like details or anything. So that kind of helps the, the, the visual effects. I think, I think it's pretty memorable to have, um, a, like, besides his battle or, like, after, um, Agent Smith fights Neo in the real world and blinds him. Yes. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. They, yeah. So, Neo and Trinity essentially hatch a plan to take a ship to the Machine City in an effort to, to destroy the Source. Yep. Um, and while there, this is, this is kind of the, the climax that everything's building to i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest i don't really remember a lot of this movie before the end thing but um he gets to the he gets to the machine city and essentially realizes that the machines can't kill smith like somehow smith is is kind of yeah eluding their efforts and to he's do so. taken over like the whole matrix. The, the matrix like smith is like runs the matrix now and so yeah. neo essentially cuts a deal with the machines, uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of thing. And he's like, I'll go in and kill Agent Smith uh, if, if you give us peace and everything. The machines agree, and then it leads to probably the best fight. This is after Trinity dies. Oh yeah, I forgot Trinity yeah, fucking uh, they, dies. They basically, their ship crash lands in the machine world and she gets impaled on rebar. Yeah, fuck, she really does. Um, so yeah, so, Mat or so Neo uploads himself to the main Matrix mainframe. And goes in and he kicks Smith's ass. It is this big, epic, anime, anime fight Dragon Ball it's fight very, in the rain. It's very Man of Steel. They're like throwing each other across like buildings and shit. Uh, uh, you know, Hugo Weaving relishing. Hamming it up. Um, this is a, f a f epic fight. It really is. They like they'll like collide in the rain and they hit so hard that they push the rain back. So up. it stops for a second and then comes back down. It's pretty it's very epic. cool. It's very sick. Um, um, and and it's just yeah. I think I think the payoff is really fun yes. in this movie. It sticks the landing for sure. Um, and basically it ends with what is Neo's final fate in this movie? He just kind of basically gets dissolved into the matrix, so, right? Uh, Agent Smith attempts to do his absorbing thing. Oh, on, and he lets on him. a Neo, and Neo allow. Uh, basically, Neo allows himself to die because I think he realizes that absorb, like absorbing him, is going to destroy Smith. Mm -hmm. So I, I, he allows Smith to do it, and essentially they kill each other. Yep, and that kind of resets the status quo. That I guess, I guess the one dying is is like the trigger. For the Matrix to reset. Yep. And I guess Neo knew that. Yeah. So he's like, if he kills me, right. the Matrix will reset. Yeah. And it and it restarts, but different than before, because now it's like an uneasy alliance with the machines yes. and the humans. The machines are kind of they're kind of leaving each other. There's rainbows out. in the sky. Yeah. The, the, there's there's that cool moment where they go above the clouds in the real world. Uh, that's gorgeous. And the sky. I think that's why it looks like that because yeah, like yeah. I, I I'm guessing. When the Matrix restarted, some part of Neo was still like in the world, and he was remembering. That's the best shot of the movie to me. Honestly, yeah, going it, up it, above it, the it looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I still like this movie in all its cheesy, earnest glory. I think I, I enjoy myself. I think, I think some elements of the of the latter two kind of blur together for me, and and I think 
as the story goes on, it loses a lot of its nuance. But I, think, I agree with that. I think where it lacks in that department, it makes up for in heart. And I think that keeps the story chugging along up until the finish line. It's got its problems. Uh, for the sure. The are kind of stupid. But but other than that, but uh, but they're enjo- they're enjoyably so. Enjo- en- you know. Uh, I'm I'm at a three and a half. I'm at a three for for Matrix Revolutions. But it, it but it's a pretty damn solid trilogy. It is. It is. Uh, the trilogy as a whole, I give like a four. Uh, I think it's excellent. Yeah. Um, so then we get the newly released Matrix Resurrections. Um, this it's been. So so our spoiler free synopsis. Um, Neo's back. Neo's back. Um, we don't we don't know how or why. It's a new Matrix, and it's kind of. Similar to the first one, he has to go down the rabbit hole again and figure out what's going on. Neo realizes that he he shouldn't be where he is, like the life he's kind of living. Mm. Uh, it's it's almost it's almost like a dream, like he's dropped right in the middle of it, you know. And, and he's getting flashes of of his previous life, and he and he doesn't you know know. It, it's kind of a it's it's almost like the Matrix Force Awakens. Like it kind of hits, it hits a lot of the similar beats of the original. Much more meta than that. But well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, How do I say this without spoiling? It's very. Just want to talk. Just want to get the spoilers. Fucking. Okay, sorry. Spoiler discussion for the Matrix Resurrection. Three and a half out of five. Uh, Three and a half out of five. Okay, so he essentially lives this life where he is a game developer for Warner Brothers inside (laughs) the Matrix, and he is led to believe that. So, because... Okay. So, at some point between the Matrix Revolutions and this... The machines got a hold of Neo and Trinity in the real world. Got a hold of their bodies. Yes. I guess I guess they were in the machine city, so it wasn't mm. like they had to try too hard. And they rebuilt them. And they re... They, they, they resurrected them. Um, and basically, this new Matrix is being powered by Neo and Trinity... Like, like their, their, them close in proximity literally generates energy for the Matrix. Like, their love is is that strong. And so, their new lives inside the Matrix, because obviously they have to keep them docile and everything or else they would break out, is like I said, he's a game developer for Warner Bros. And he's been led to believe that the events of the past three films are the plots of video games he's developed. Yes. Like, Like, the Matrix is a game series in this world. Yeah. Um... Smith, who's still kicking around, has taken on like a new form and is like his partner at the at the company and everything. So the Matrix has essentially, I, I guess, none of the elements were like Neo and Smith were never truly destroyed in that fight. So the Matrix has kind of made efforts to sweep them under the rug a little yes. bit and and make sure that that doesn't happen again. And so and so uh, Neo is approached by. Bugs, played by Jessica Henwick, who is who's one of the human resistance members from the real world, and and she has to once again lead Neo down the rabbit hole. Yes, he, um, he rediscovers his past and everything. Kind of goes through, kind of kind of comes to terms with uh, rediscovering his power as the one and everything, and then has to go on a journey to rescue Trinity. Once he once he realizes the truth about what's happening, and the and you know he, he realizes he has to go after her. We also have a new Morpheus, which. He was programmed to be a smith, but ended up being a Morpheus, so he's kind of an amalgamation of both. Yes. Um, played by... I, I'm forgetting his name. He's been in so much. Uh, it's a it's a difficult name, isn't it? Uh, it's Greg. No, it's... 
Um, Yahya Abdul Mateen II. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Who was in Candyman. Yeah, great, and, phenomenal actor, Watchmen. And he's going to be in Ambulance. Yes. So. Um, um, I enjoy this movie. It, I was surprised by how little this movie made me feel one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It didn't, it's, it's not bad, like it's good, but I, I was kind of expecting to either love it or hate it. And I, and I kind of fell somewhere in the middle, and because I was and I was like, okay. Online, this is definitely the most divisive blockbuster. I, I really don't think this deserves the controversy it's created. Not, not that it doesn't deserve it, but I don't think the movie really does anything that like betrays like the lore or the characters. Like it doesn't. No. I, like the the premise. It, it, honestly, I thought it could have stood to be a little more meta. Personally, like oh, I, I like, like, no, like I, think, I, think, I think we were good on that. Like I think it. I, I don't know. Like there's. It's there, but it's it's not like I don't know. I don't know. People people are like freaking out about it and, and are like outraged by it. And it's like uh, I don't know. I, I don't really think there's anything in this movie that warrants that kind of reaction. Like the filmmaking's good. Like it's a good looking movie, and and the the effects are good. The actions, it, it, you know, it, it probably could have been a little more standout. You know what I mean? Yeah, the action's fine. It's much much. That's that's really where this movie lets me down because at least the other three movies like like their narrative shortcomings were were picked up by like really impressive technical action scenes and in this like I actually think good. the narrative is stronger than the actions in this it's like the, the yeah reverse. I know it's 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 the opposite um, I agree with you I think I, the problem that this action suffers from is it's much more loosely edited than yeah the, um, it's just kind of generic it's yeah. like it's it's I think the final set piece is the most memorable yes I, I think that's pretty when fun. Trinity and, and are on a motorcycle or... and and the matrix starts throwing people out of the buildings to use them as like human bombs. Yeah, that was that was pretty sick. Um, um I think the performances for the most part are good here. Uh Carrie Ann Moss is a standout. Jessica she, Henwick. Jessica is Henwick's a... really good. Um I uh, Keanu's good as Mia. It really kind of steps back into it pretty effortlessly. Uh Yaha uh, Mateen is he's good as Morpheus. I just you would have preferred my one of my bigger issues with this is I really don't think the movie ever justifies not bringing them back. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if the movie had come up with like an organic like piece of lore that said no, they can't come back, then I'm like okay, yeah. But I I'm a big believer that they're just as integral to what makes those original movies work as much as Neo and Trinity. Like mm. as much as it's their story, it's also ne- uh, Morpheus and Smiths. Yeah, and uh, uh, I guess another kind of giving that away. Hugo Weaving also does not return for this movie, right? And I th- and I think I think their presence is really sorely missed here. I think that's fair, especially I'll... especially from someone who's not terribly invested in the Neo Trinity romance. I think it's really good in this it's, movie. Though. It's the best in this movie. It's better than any of the other ones in this one. But I, you know what I mean? Like like I I wasn't terribly invested in, in the three movies, you know, before. Mm-hmm. So it's like leading up to this. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I'm I'm on board, but I'm and not that, like. The thing is, though, I I totally understand why the movie is the way it is because Lana Wachowski. This was only made by one of the Wachowskis, yes. Lana, and she has said her reason for making the movie, mm-hmm. like her mindset, kind of like reclaiming. Well, well, she was really she had lost a bunch of family members, yeah, and she wanted to. Um, be comforted by her to the two fictional characters that mean the most to her, which were Neo mm-hmm. and Trinity. 
And so she clearly is focusing on the love story way yeah. more than the action, way more than the um, yeah. And and you can tell that again. This is made again. by this is made by somebody who loves love. Like it's very sentimental. It screams from the rooftops. Very sappy. The very power sweet. Of love. And and I think there's there's an admirable quality to that. Like you don't really get that in blockbusters. A oh, lot their today. their big epic kiss on the rooftop where it's like it's, they're silhouetted. Yeah, like, that's an, yeah, that's yeah. excellent no, it's, moment. It's, that's cinema, baby. Yeah, and I think you know it uses the real world stuff in a, in a pretty interesting way this yeah. time. So basically, uh, um, Niobe Jada Pinkett kind of takes on like an antagonist role. Uh, yes. And, um, so basically after what, after Neo did what he did, certain sentience kind of were like, yeah, this is kind of bullshit and yeah. sided with the humans. The, the machine, there are machines like working with humans now. So like they have these little sidekick robots just floating around. Some programs can like project themselves into the real world with this that was like cool. nanite tech and everything. Um, and yeah, it feels like a natural evolution of the lore set up in yes. the first three. Um, um, I don't know. It's good. I, I, you didn't like Neil Patrick Harris. I thought, yeah, he, I thought he was kind of lame. I, I thought he was kind of fun. I just, it just, it tonally, it didn't work. It was a little silly. I, I kind of, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, he's, he's, he's a bit silly in a, in a world that's kind of wants to be taken seriously and everything. Mm -hmm. But I, I, yeah, he's all right, I guess. I, I didn't, I didn't hate him or anything. I just, I, I didn't find him super like menacing or anything as the, the analyst. Yeah. Uh, Sati coming back was pretty cool. That she, was cool. She plays a role in Revolutions towards the beginning when Neo is kind of stuck in this... Limbo. This limbo. It's like a train station. He runs in with Sati, who's kind of uh, being prepared to be the new Oracle. Yeah. Yeah, I... I think this movie is really solid. Yeah. It's a good continuation it's, it's of this good. franchise. It... it, it it, it it carries everything forward yeah, I don't organically. Understand the outrage. Yeah, I just I I don't think this movie. I guess just people didn't have their expectations fulfilled. Yeah, that that, that tends to be it. Like like you you theorize and speculate for so long that when your expectations aren't theory met, theories are like the downfall of everyone's expectations. They really are fucking Marvel films. They ruined they've ruined everything. Mephisto is going it's, to be the villain. Like and, uh, the, the 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 rhinos in the movie. Like yeah. Um. It's good I, though. It's, it's a three good. and a half. We said that, yeah, three and a half. As as someone who who loves the first movie and isn't like terribly enamored with the rest of it, I, th I thought this was a solid continuation and conclusion, seemingly. Yeah. I I really wish Lawrence Fishburne and Hugo Weaving they'd they'd found a place for them to come back, because um, I think it would I thought it would have been really cool to get one more fight between Hugo Weaving and. Uh, and yeah, like imagine if, if at the end when Smith pops back up, imagine if he did like the face shift thing and turned into Hugo Weaving, and then cool. then they threw down like I, I know that's kind of fan service or whatever. And, and this movie is very like anti that, like like it establishes very early on that it's it's against like the kind of like neck beard dude bros who would want that. But you know, I, I can't I can't help but express that that was something I felt was missing. I um I I'm, I kind of wonder. Uh... Thinking about it, I, I wonder how much of that was the writing or how much was, like, COVID stuff. Yeah, couldn't, maybe they, couldn't, maybe get, they couldn't, couldn't come couldn't. back. I just kind of wonder. Uh, no, we can look into that, but yeah. But yeah. Uh, good movie. Solid movie. All of them are on HBO Max if you want to go yeah, through the series. Yeah, check them out. This is, a, this is a really solid film series. I don't I don't dislike a single one of these movies, but I think it's not without its problems, but it, but it kind of makes up for those problems with, with sheer, sheer moxie, sheer force of heart. Let's get into... Some spy shit. Another series with a lot of heart. The Kingsman. 
the series. Ki- the Kingsman series. So, first movie, Kingsman, The Secret Service, 2014. 2015. Uh, is it? Yep. You fact check me? I'm just going to fact check you real quick. Really? You have to undermine me? Yeah, undermine I do. Undermine me and my knowledge? I do, actually, yeah. SMH. It's some bullshit. I'm watching you on your phone right now, and you're just... It's 2014, sir. There ain't no fucking kiss, way. Kiss my ass. There ain't ass. no fucking way. There's no fucking way. Wait. This I... movie's from 2014, dude. Because I saw it my freshman year. It came out in theaters in February of 2015. So I saw it in 2015. That's fucking weird. Okay, whatever. Just playing it like festivals and shit. Was it it a played at one festival oh, in, in December of 2014. Oh, that's stupid. Um, so, Kingsman the Sacred Service, based on a graphic novel. Yes. It follows our, our main man, Eggsy. He's a, he's a bit of a street tough, bit, bit of a cockney... Oi! <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. One of those guys. One of those quote-unquote people. And after a run-in with the police, he's approached by Colin Farrell... Colin Farrell? <laughs> He's approached by, char- by character actor Colin no, Farrell. Uh, Colin Firth. Who plays Harry Hart. Who, and who is a member of the Kingsman Secret Service Agency. In a uh, private uh, intelligence... spy organization. Uh, operating at the uh, highest at level, level of, of discretion. discretion. And and he's basically brought into this world of spies like, and like danger. A, he, and he spends spoilers most of the for the first two Kingsmen. He spends most of the first movie like training to to kind of enter this program. It's very very rigorous training course. And uh, yeah, this movie rocks. It's awesome. This movie's really good. It's really good. Um, it it has this really tongue in cheek. It it like it feels like a Roger Moore Bond movie. Yeah, but um, a little bit like way more violent. Way more violent. Very R-rated. Um, literally, my only problem with this movie lies in some of the filmmaking where there's this overly digital look sometimes yeah. to the zooms and to the different. But but it makes up for that by the sheer vigor on display. The action scenes are nuts. The choreography and the fight scenes is, is, is pretty incredible. Everybody knows about the Freebird Church fight. Yes. It is incredible. Might be the best action sequence of, of the last decade. It's, it's amazing. very impressive. It's... Um, so I guess like the, the, the main threat of the movie is Valentine, played by Samuel L. Jackson, who's kind of like a... Steve Jobs. It's like a better version of Mark Rylance's character from Don't Look Up. Yeah, he's like a billionaire. Uh, he's got a lift. Technological. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a lift. Which is just a, a, an insanely unnecessary detail that's very funny. His henchman is Gazelle and has metal legs. Sword legs. Sword legs. And so basically what he wants to do is uh, all the rich people, he puts a chip in their neck so they aren't affected by a, a radio signal he's going to put out through his knockoff iPhones that essentially like activates the, the rage inhibitors in people's minds and sends them into like a violent frenzy essentially as a way to, to call the population, population and, and, and save the world in his eyes. And so the Kingsmen have to put an end to this. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's Looney. Looney Tunes, maybe even. Uh, the The final action scene's incredible. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, so, after the church fight, Valentine uh, shoots, shoots Colin Firth and kills him. And so that's kind of what makes Eggsy have to step up into the, into the role and, and take care of it himself. And so he infiltrates Valentine's base. And there's the whole scene of him like, like, go, like going in and fighting all the guys and everything. 
Yeah, I, yeah, and then it ends by them activating all the chips in everyone's necks and blowing everyone's everybody's head. heads up. Head explodes, and it's like a firework display. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. It's very good. This movie's this movie's very very cheeky, very fun. Yeah, like it's it's you know it's unique. It, yeah, no, it's it's a very stylish, very cool movie. It's if you're into like spy thriller, like action movies, I won't say it like reinvents the wheel narratively or anything. It kind yeah. of. It doesn't really set out to like break or subvert tropes, no. but it really like it's like, just cool. It just it, it uses those tropes to great effect. It's just cool. Yeah, nothing else to it. Good ass movie. Four out of five. Four out of five. This movie rocks. Then we get to the very maligned sequel, Kingsman: The Golden Circle, from 2017. Now, when I first saw this movie in theaters, I fucking hated this movie. I thought yeah. it was it was a really obnoxious, like almost self parody version of the original like it, it felt like like it went out of its way to to be dumber louder and sillier and what i find upon rewatch is that all of those things are true but i kind of get it now i kind yeah. of dig this movie i think this movie's fun i don't like it quite as much as you but i don't hate this movie i think i think it's it fun. really overstays its welcome it's that way, is the biggest it's way problem. too long it is about 20 minutes longer than the original yeah. And it could you, have been... You could shave a half hour off of this yeah. thing, honestly. Um, I think I think it does a lot of cool stuff to kind of flesh out, like, the world and everything. Certainly. The, the inclusion of the statesmen, who are kind of the the American counterparts to the, to the Kingsmen I and all that. I think some of the filmmaking is really cool here. Great transitions. Yeah, there's the one where it's, uh, it zooms, zooms into, into a bag, into a bag of, weed. of weed and then it turns into a jungle in South America. That's maybe the best transition in the whole franchise. It's really good. Um... And yeah, there's still a lot of style, a lot of fun cast. Yes, um, it's a, it is a lot sillier. I think a, oh. a, another thing about this movie is that it, there's a lot of characters from the first movie that it kind of, or not a lot, I guess one in particular that it kind of unceremoniously shuffles off pretty early in the film. Uh, Roxy, the the one of the characters, gets murked by a who's bomb. a great character in the first movie. Who gets murked by a bomb in yeah, this gets, one. gets missile, gets drone struck by... Uh... Oh, also, Harry, having been shot in the first movie, they, uh, they, they cure headshots in this with a magic gel. Mm-hmm. So he's back with amnesia now. I don't find any... Uh, where this movie was really... Because I was actually on board for it for a long time. Yeah. Where it started to lose me a bit was the third act. I found all the stuff with Elton John to be really it's annoying. so annoying. It's really annoying. That, that joke is... is really run into the ground yeah um it feels so like pat yourself on the back like i think i think pedro pascal's character is really cool and i also didn't like the commentary on trump yeah it's it's a little heavy-handed and kind of yeah the movie kind of goes out of its way to have this like political message that's that's, it felt out of place for a kingsman movie yeah um, what I did like is they bring back the character of Charlie from the first movie, who is the, um... He's, yeah, he's a cyborg now. He basically, he's, he was one of the candidates for Kingsman and... Who gets rejected at one at some point. And then he's the one of the main villains in this one. I thought that was a cool way to maintain continuity. I think, I think Julianne Moore is not quite as strong as Samuel L. Jackson, but... She, she just doesn't get enough to do. She's, she's pretty fun in, she's the, in the scenes she's in, and I think, uh, Pedro Pascal is the twist villain... Is, is pretty fun. A lot of wasted cast members, though. Halle Berry gets nothing to do. Channing Tatum gets Channing nothing Tatum, to do. Uh, Jeff Bridges, Bridges gets nothing, nothing to do. Um, I hope they're in the third one more. Pedro Pascal gets is one the one that gets the he's, most he's to He's the statesman you spend the most time with, and he's a lot of fun in this, I think. 
Um, yeah, got all, all I don't have whip. too much more to say. These Kings movies, this these Kingsman movies aren't. They're like, not deep. They're not complex. Like like we're not gonna sit here and bullshit and analyze like oh the the, the nuances of the filmmaking are, are rather you know no. like it's he definitely Matthew Vaughn has a specific style for like, sure. Like like the action is really impressive in in like a solid boilerplate kind of way. Like like in a very in a very visceral and brutal brutal kind of way you know what i mean these movies these movies are are flashy without like i don't know without being too flashy yeah i think that's a good way to to look at it yeah and then um i what would you give that one yeah three and a half three three out of five yeah. it was okay good. um then we get this new one the king's men a prequel the dumbest titled movie perhaps of all time the king's man the only reason that this movie is not making money is because of the dumb title that is not the only reason <laughs> i think it is uh in, in your head canon yes um so also the fact that it is none of the actors from the original yes but... so the king's man is a prequel telling the origins of the Kingsman. They kind of explain the origin in the first movie but this really like explores and fleshes it out so uh the plot revolves around fucking ray fines what's the character's name i'm looking it up right now it's orlando something orlando oxford that is the name and he is like a uh an aristocrat who uh his his young son witnessed the death of his mother ray finds his wife while out in uh well out in africa they were at they were at like an english concentration camp yeah that was attacked by uh uh, or like uh, rebels or, or mm-hmm. whatever, and his mother, uh, you know, uh, Ray finds his wife is caught in the crossfire, and so from that day forth, he kind of strives to keep his son. What's his son's name? His son's name is Conrad. Keeps keep him away from like that world and everything and violence. Like he doesn't let him enlist when World War One breaks out and all that. And it's it's revealed at one point that he's not actually a pacifist. He's actually been running. A secret, a secret spy organization. Are we doing spoilers for this? Right oh now? yeah, yeah, I guess so. Spoilers. All right, spoilers. I, it's the Kingsman. You know, there's there's a spy organization. Okay. Um. Yeah, we're gonna spoil this movie that like four people saw. <laughs> um. So this one tonally is very unique yes. in the franchise. For a lot of it, it's more dramatic yeah. and like World War One. Th- thriller it's, drama it's very it's, uh, it's a bit it's a bit dour it's a bit it's very serious um i want to so this movie's getting awful reviews yeah or, like not good it has a lower rotten tomato score than the second one yeah uh i i i, I, <laughs> I loved watching this yeah what movie. the fuck man you really like this movie i had so much fun with this movie i think it's good i think it's good i had so so uh, let me break down what i like about okay. it so for the first portion, I was actually surprised at the tone. I was like, "This is like a like a slow, serious drama." Yeah. But with elements of really cheesy, like historical revisionism. Yeah. Where they would take like historical figures, like Archduke Ferdinand or um, uh, Rasputin, and just kind of put them into the narrative, turn, turn them into action figures. And I think that's funny. It is there's, very, yeah. There's one guy who plays, like, all three of the brothers, King George and... Yeah, Tsar yeah, um, uh, Nicholas and Kaiser Wilhelm. Uh, uh, Tom Hollander is the actor's name, and I think I thought that was funny. That is funny. There was some fun editing. I think there's some pretty great camera work in this movie. Honestly, though. There's a, there's a shot where 
a guy is sent to our, uh, assassinate Archduke Ferdinand and it's him looking out his window and the camera pans out the window and zooms into the car while it's driving forward mm-hmm. and they're having a conversation yeah. and I was like, this is really good. Dope as shit. I think this is the best looking Kingsman in terms of visual effects, yeah. in terms of cinematography. I, I think I agree. When the sun goes off to war, there's some really striking imagery mm-hmm. on the battlefield. And then... I was surprised at the lack of action scenes in the first half. Yeah. That was certainly rectified in the second half. There's there's three action scenes in this movie that really stick out to me. There's the fight with Rasputin <laughs> towards the end of the first Rasputin act, which is a lot is of fun. Rasputin is an insane character. One of the most unhinged performances ever. I've ever seen. Rice Iffens <laughs> is going dummy in this movie. He performs Cunnilingus on, Don't a, you hate on, it when, on a leg wound. Don't you hate it when a Russian mystic fucks your, your bullet hole? This is such a bizarre scene. Uh, the second one is when the soldiers decide to have a rumble. In that the middle was of the sick movie. as fuck. It's a, a good ass. So scene. like, so there, there's two sides of the uh, of the two the different Germans armies are approaching the each They're other. trying to recover the corpse of a spy who's got like information but on they, him. But they, they're but in they, no man's land. But they don't want to shoot at each other because then both sides will shoot and they'll all die. So they all decide to have Melee. a fucking fist fight. Holy shit, this scene's great. Very cool. And then the finale, where they, they go after... Uh... The finale is just one action scene after the other. That There's that incredible plane sequence where he gets stuck in the fucking wing. Yeah. Now, is... the only dangerous plane ride Ray finds has been attached to. Oh, no. <laughs> um, it felt like a Mission Impossible sequence. It did, it did. And then he has to, like, scale a wall, and you get that cute reference to the, the, the knife shoes from the first yes. one. And then a, a fucking goat headbutts him. And then, you know, there's the big action scene with them all shooting and the rope and the, he's yeah. fighting the big guy. They, they do some cool camera and stuff the, where they, like, attach the camera to the swords when he's sword fighting the, that, uh, that's incredible. the, the main antagonist. Which the who I, I knew it was going to be a twist villain because they weren't showing his face. I was like, who is this guy? Like, who the I was fuck like, is oh, okay. I, thought, I thought that was kind of cute. The, it was kind of funny. The, the twist was funny. Um, overall, I just had so much fun with this movie. I, I can't explain it. Maybe I wasn't in the right mindset or anything, because I, I really, I, the more I think about this movie, the more I'm like, well, maybe it was better than I thought it was. Because I was, I was initially at like a three for this one, mm. but I, I you might have talked me into it. I, I might have like, I might have to go back and watch this one. Because here's the thing. I would never argue with the plot. The plot is ridiculously convoluted. I just, I don't think it was what I was expecting. I, and, I, and I think it wasn't for me either. That's it took kind of me a few minutes to get into it. That's why it kind of it kind of sat with me weird. But I this this one I think definitely will. Bear. I don't think it's getting enough credit. I, I think the fact that I was telling Don this, the fact that this has a forty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes and Free Guy has an eighty makes me lose faith in everything. Yeah, the action scenes are genuinely spectacular. The, the Rasputin fight's really cool. That that final sword fight is so yeah. unique. Yeah, a gun sword. <laughs> fucking a gun sword and there's a lot of like cool shots where they're like during the sword fight they're projected onto the walls because there's a yeah. projector and I'm like Dij- Dijmon uh, Hunsu is, is really fun uh, it's like the sidekick Gemma Gemma Arterton Arterton is really fun as uh, the, the Scottish Tommy. maid <laughs> um and um I want to preface spoilers the son getting just shot in the head at the end of the knocked me out of my seat. That was really I literally cool. it pushed me back. That was that was a good that was a good I thought that was a subversion. Real, because like uh, during some of that war scene where he's running back, I'm like, this is pretty cheesy. And then they cut it all short and I thought that was super effective I, way to I do th- that. I think I knew he was going to die just because I remember the line from the first one where they talk about how the Kingsman was founded by a bunch of 
like people who had lost sons in the war. Uh, so I was like, he's probably. I was like, he's probably not making it out of this. Yeah. But I, I think the way they did it was like the fact that he's shot by someone on his own side who thinks he's a spy. Like I thought that was a really cool subversion. What can I say, man? I, I I went on Letterboxd after this and was just reading everyone's shit on it, and I feel alone, but I love this movie. I it's, thought it was a blast. It's solid. I, I might have to go back and revisit this one. You might have you might have sold this one a little more for me. I, I, I just had so much fun. I, I, I want to go see it again. I'm at a three out of five, but I, that, that could be subject to change. Four out of five. We fuck should, it, man. We should definitely go see this one again. This I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie about my feelings. No, fuck yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 I love this. You, I, I, I had so much fun with this movie. Yeah, it's my, one of my favorite uh, experiences I've seen in a while. Yeah. Hell yeah. So well, that's a lot of fucking movies we just talked about. Mostly good ones. Mostly good movies, I would say. Uh, skip. Don't look up. Watch everything. Pretty else. much everything else I would recommend. Yeah. Um, Kyle, you want to tell the people? plug what's next or we tell no, them where we, to find we, them we, first we, we tell them where which, to find which us. one comes first we tell them where to find us okay tell the people where to find us Kyle if you guys like the podcast you can follow it on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown right now we have a poll up yes next so, next episode is going to be our big end of the year it's, award it's show our, our, we're releasing two episodes this week you, that's our it's our other big present to you guys we're gonna go over our, our top ten lists, and then we'll be hosting the very first annual Shaky Awards. <laughs> Who will will your favorite film win a Shaky? You will have to go to the poll in our Instagram bio and on our our Twitter. It's all, all over our social media. Go vote. Uh, we you know we've a lot a lot of good nominees, a lot Absolutely. of good, a lot of good categories. I think. I think uh, I'm, I'm interested to see a lot of a lot of winners to see what comes out on top. So I go agree. vote, go make your voices heard. Did we have some very um, strange um, already assortments of uh, votes and our categories are just strange in yes. general. Our nominations, so go to vote in that. It's going to be fun. If you like the pod, that's where you can find it. If you can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum, that's K-R-I-E-G-H-B-A-U-M. And you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Fatman99 and at my name on Letterboxd, Jordan Dennis. Um, Join yeah. us later this week for our for our end of the year awards episode. We look forward to having you guys there. Bye.